Welcome to That You May Grow Thereby, a work of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ. We are located at 18 Scott Drive in Florence, Kentucky. Our phone number is 859-371-2095. You can also visit us at www.nkcofc.com. And now, that you may grow thereby. Thank you for listening to That You May Grow Thereby. My name is Greg Littmer, and I am one of the elders of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ, and my friend's vacation season is starting to wind down. There has been a tremendous amount of traveling done by members of the Northern Kentucky Church of Christ this year, and we certainly have a great deal to be thankful for. First, that all so far have made it back safely, and secondly, we live in a country that permits such free travel, and also those who have gone have had the means to do so. A few have been able to make trips of a lifetime to wonderful and beautiful places. Thinking about all the vacations and traveling that has gone on this year, got me to thinking that there really is only one, what I'm going to call a trip of a lifetime, and that is life itself. And let us make no mistake, it is a journey. We have a map that marks the way for us, the scriptures, and it is complete with all the instructions that we need to reach our ultimate destination, heaven. We even have a verbal GPS system if we happen to have a recorded version of the Word of God. We don't have to worry about paying for this trip because the fare has already been paid. And it was extremely expensive, far beyond anything we could have paid. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 through 19, we read, And if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each man's work, Conduct yourselves in fear during the time of your stay upon earth, knowing that you were not redeemed with perishable things like silver or gold from your futile way of life inherited from your forefathers, but with precious blood, as of a lamb unblemished and unspotted, the blood of Christ. The question is, how can I take my family on a trip of a lifetime? How can I take my family to heaven? I truly believe that a vitally important part of taking our family to heaven is to think of it not as a trip to paradise, as glorious and true as it is, but to think of it as a journey home. While God is omnipresent and everywhere, heaven is spoken of as his abode. David wrote in Psalm 11 and verse 4, The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. Jesus said in John chapter 6 and verse 38, For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. He came down from heaven, and that is where he ascended back at his ascension. Considering Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, we find, And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight. 
And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them, and they said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you watched him go into heaven. The word heaven is used in three ways in the New Testament. It is used of the atmosphere where birds fly and weather patterns can be observed. It is coupled with the earth to denote the cosmos expressing God's creation. And it is also used to express spiritual habitations. That is how it is used here. Jesus is in heaven, seated at the right hand of God the Father, ruling now from his throne. Peter made that abundantly clear on the very day the church began in Acts chapter 2, and we'll be looking at verses 29 through 33. Peter said, Brethren, I may confidently say to you regarding the patriarch David that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. And so, because he was a prophet and knew that God had sworn to him with an oath to seat one of his descendants upon his throne, He looked ahead and spoke of the resurrection of the Christ, that he was neither abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh suffer decay. This Jesus God raised up again, to which we are all witnesses. Therefore, having been exalted to the right hand of God, and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has poured forth this which you both see and hear. Not only is Jesus in heaven now, on the throne of David, ruling as our king. He also is our great high priest. At the time appointed by God, our glorious prophet, priest, and king will return to take us home. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16-17, through 17, we are told, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus shall we always be with the Lord. Heaven is the home of the soul for faithful Christians, possessing a heavenly calling, as Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 speaks of. I live in Florence, Kentucky, a citizen of the United States of America, but that is just temporary. My real citizenship is in heaven, and so it is with all faithful Christians. Paul made that beautiful and uplifting point in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20 when he said, For our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we eagerly wait for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about this. Hebrews 13 and verse 14 tells us, For here we do not have a lasting city, but we are seeking the city which is to come. The city we look for is the heavenly city, symbolically described in Revelation 21 and verse 2 as the holy city, New Jerusalem. It is the hope of going home, to walk the figurative streets of gold in the place prepared for us by the Lord that serves as an anchor of the soul. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 19. When it comes time to go home, we will be fitted with a body that is appropriate for residence there. It will be a body with no disease, no pain, 
no debilitating afflictions, perfectly suited for eternity. Just consider 1 Corinthians 15, 50-54. Paul wrote, Now I say this, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. For this perishable must put on the imperishable, and this mortal must put on immortality. But when this perishable will put on the imperishable, and this mortal will have put on immortality, then will come about the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Having remained faithful with the price already paid, we are going to go home. Heaven is our destiny, the place of our inheritance, the end result of living faithfully made possible by the grace of God. So we sing, I'm on my way to that fair land where the soul never dies, where there will be no parting hand and the soul never dies. Has it ever crossed your mind, what are we going to do when we get there? It is possible that some may even be hesitant about a home that we've never seen. Nothing of the physical nature will be there. No computers, internet, Facebook, games, garden, arts, or crafts. No NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, UK, or UC. No smartphones and no texting. No toys of any kind. So what will we do when we get home to heaven? Well, my friends, the desire for our spiritual home begins very early in life as we teach our children what is truly and important and dependence upon God for everything. Most importantly, happiness. God created us and knows that what we need and will provide it. Jesus said, For your Father knows what you have need of before you ask Him. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 8. That is both here and now, as well as in our heavenly home. Look at some of the things represented in a symbolic way as being present in our eternal home. We go to Revelation chapter 21, this time reading verses 22 through 27. John beautifully wrote, And I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God the Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of the sun or of the moon to shine upon it, for the glory of God has illumined it, and its lamp is the Lamb. And the nations shall walk by its light, and the kings of the earth shall bring their glory into it. And in the daytime, for there shall be no night there, its gates shall never be closed, and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. And nothing unclean, and no one who practices abomination and lying, shall ever come into it, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Jesus and the Father, deity, are there. It is sort of represented as one big sanctuary, and as Revelation chapter 3 verse 12 promised, those of us who go home are represented as pillars in the temple of God. As the Lamb, Jesus is the light of our home and there is no darkness or night at all there. There will be nothing that disappoints, discourages, or causes pain. 
The glory and honor of our God overwhelms and undergirds everything about our home. Staying in Revelation, let's go to Revelation 22 and look at verses 1 through 5 as John continues his symbolic description of the home of the saved. He wrote, And he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb, in the middle of its street. And on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there shall no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his bond servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads, and there shall no longer be any night, and they shall not have the need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun, because the Lord God shall illumine them, and they shall reign forever and ever. My friends, there will be a river of life emanating from the throne of God and the Lamb. Figuratively, on either side of that river is the tree of life, seeming to line the river on both sides, continually bearing fruit. What a beautiful and enticing picture. In verse 4, we are told that we shall see his face. That is what is going to happen when we get to go home. We will serve God continually and sing praise to him. It is thrilling to think of singing Redemption Song in Heaven. I think of the words of that song. Angels are singing Redemption's sweet song. Wonderful theme, glorious theme. Shout the glad message and join in the throng, singing Redemption song. Over and over the melodies ring. Wonderful theme, glorious theme. Heaven resounds with the tribute they bring, singing Redemption song. Joy beyond measure awaits us up there. Wonderful theme, glorious theme. Soon we shall join with the angels up there, singing Redemption song. Pure joy and happiness previously unknown to us will be ours when we get to go home. But let's face it, we have all invested quite a bit here on earth. Time, energy, money, and labor have been spent here. We have family and friends here, and while not fearing death, it is something that none of us has ever done. It may be that deep inside we don't want to leave just yet. Has the thought ever crossed your mind, as it has mine, that I sure would like to see my children grow up and have families? I sure would like to play with my grandchildren and maybe even some great-grandchildren. I would love to see them go through life. A lot of times, without even realizing it, our thoughts are so earthbound. It is kind of like wanting to tear down our barns and build bigger ones getting to the point in life where we can say I have much goods laid up for many years. Then, when everything was set just the way we want it, we would be ready to go. Even I, not a country music fan, remember the words of an old country song that said everyone wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. The truth is, whether we want to go to heaven or not, we cannot stay here. The day of the Lord is coming, and here won't be here anymore. In Second Peter chapter 3, verses 10-12, through 12, Peter wrote the following, 
But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, in which the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed with intense heat, and the earth and its works will burn up. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of people will you be in all holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, on account of which the heavens will be destroyed by burning, and the elements will melt with intense heat? The only other choice for eternity is hell, with the devil and his angels. If we can make but one trip with our families, let's make it the trip of a lifetime, the trip to heaven. Don't be like so many who spend more effort for vacation to some earthly destination than they do preparing their family to go home, home to heaven, the trip of a lifetime, home to be with the Lord. Words to think about. Thanks for listening.